Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing cutting healthcare costs with crucial knowledge with Scott Heiser. guest today is Scott Heiser. Scott has more than 20 years of experience as a consultant for clients in the insurance and healthcare system. He was a partner and owner of a commercial insurance brokerage where he led and developed an employee benefit practice that managed more than half a billion dollars in health benefits. So he really knows his stuff. (laughs) Scott knows the ins and outs of what can feel like an overwhelming world of healthcare and insurance. In fact, in his book, Healthcare is Making Me Sick, he dives into this very topic. So today, he is dedicated to sharing his knowledge to help educate and empower all of us uh, who go to the doctor from time to time. His goal is to improve health outcomes while lowering costs. So Scott, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. Well, Joel and Matt, I'm pleased to be here and thanks for having me. Hey, Scott, we're super glad to have you. Uh, the first question we ask everybody that comes on our show is, what is their splurge? Because Matt and I, we like to drink a craft beer on every episode. Today on the show, we're drinking an IPA by a local brew pub called Wrecking Bar Brew Pub. And at the same time, though, we, we like to save well and invest well for the future. So what's your splurge? What's your craft beer equivalent? Craft beer equivalent, I will stay in the same general genre that you guys are in. It's, it's wine. 
I live up in Northwest Michigan, and there's nice. about 50 wineries by me, and uh, makes it just a little accessible, maybe too accessible. And today <laughs> I'm partaking in a little Mauvy champagne. They do a pretty good champagne up here. Enjoying that, and and you of course know, in, in all of the scientific and medical journals say wine in moderation is very medicinal. So I'm I'm being medicinal today with you. <laughs> <laughs> that that is quite on topic, considering we're talking about healthcare costs and yeah, following <laughs> doctor's orders. <laughs> Maybe that's the way you solve all um, healthcare issues: just have a bottle of wine or beer, and you're all done. I'm going to go ahead and say you're right, and we can end the podcast here because yeah, as long as people just drink a glass of wine a day, it keeps the doctor away. A very but, short episode today. <laughs> Scott, let's get on to a couple questions. You you talk about, if we can, right, it's really good to be able to avoid the healthcare complex altogether. And what do you mean by that? How do we go about just avoiding some of the healthcare necessities that we, we think we need? Yeah, you've already mentioned wine, so yeah. what, what beyond that? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm stuck. That was it. If anybody's read the book, that was where it went. Um, <laughs> really, so 50% of all the claims in the United States are lifestyle-based. And if it's lifestyle-based, that means you should have some control over how you live your life. You really need to understand that. And so you need to understand who you are. And in essence, you need to develop a health profile. And there's a number of ways you can do that. A lot of employers have programs out there, and you, you can get some of these through hospital organizations and, and on your own called a health risk assessment. It'll ask you a lot of behavioral questions and health questions. They'll do biometrics, so they'll do blood work, blood pressure, those type tracking uh, uses. And you determine what you look like with your health situation. You'll also look at family history. And bring that to bear. What is what people in my family, close knit family, nuclear family, and beyond? What what kind of diseases have been prevalent and reoccurring? What diseases? What issues have I had in the last previous year? And you you package that all together, and you understand who you are, and then you can start looking at say, well, how much is is that lifestyle based, and can I make a difference with that and change my health profile to the positive? Because everything what we talk about, and I talk in the book, and our and our company uncovered talks about is empowering the individual to become a consumer of healthcare. So that, as you guys stated for me, that you get a better outcome at better costs. And that all starts with you understanding who you are and what you can do and taking control of it. So that, that's our emphasis is to get motivated and start to become involved as a consumer. And we do extensive research when we consume. I mean, you can take people buying a cell phone hmm. or gym shoes, basketball shoes, tennis shoes, whatever it is. And people will search be all over the internet. They'll compare comparative shop and understand what their options are and what fits them. What size shoe, what shoe, what are they, what are they going to be doing? Running? Are they going to be jumping? Are they good uh, canoeing? What, what shoe do they need? That doesn't happen for the most part in the healthcare system. Why? Uh, that would be another show. We've kind of been bred into that and, and led into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the reasons is insurance. You have health insurance. I pay a lot for health insurance. It should cover everything. Therefore, I don't need to think. Not when you go in a doctor's office, they'll say, oh, insurance covers it. And so everybody just stops and becomes passive. Well, being passive in anything is not smart if you want to meet your objectives. Because when you're passive, the other person's objectives are going to trump your objectives. And the idea is is to understand your objectives, 
what your needs are, now you're ready to approach the health continuum. And I'll call it continuum too. There's one point I want to make. There's health insurance and healthcare. And those are two different things. And everybody puts them together and thinks there's health insurance is, is it. It's not. Health insurance is a vehicle to pay for whatever health costs you incur. So it's incumbent upon you and it's prudent to do this to understand what your needs are before you ever go about purchasing or determining if you even need health insurance to pay for the health care you're anticipating having or you might have as a result of your health profile. Yeah, it's, what's interesting there is, I mean, like you said, we, we, we research consumer products. I mean, I'm pretty sure I read more about uh, this printer that I what we purchased for our office here <laughs> that I did maybe, you know, whether I should kind of increase my uh, deductible on, on, on our health plan recently. Uh, I certainly fall into that trap, but I, I like how you also said that it's a continuum because it's not a matter of maybe figuring out what your needs are now, but it's something that evolves and changes over time, right? Obviously, if you are 26 years old and, you know, living by yourself, like your, your healthcare expenses and insurance needs are going to be a lot lower than a young family. You know, you have that third child. Uh, things look a lot different exactly. <laughs> than they do when you're single and 26. It, single, 26, and especially male, you know, you're, you're Ubermann. You're never going to get sick. You're never going to be anything. You don't even think about it. And, and you probably shouldn't spend <laughs> yeah. a lot of time thinking about it. But what you should do, as you just illustrated, is understand what your needs are. And then if you're going to go pick out insurance, why pay an insurance company for something you know you're not going to have. It's the utility of the, your dollar. What you can know, like any other business, when you buy health insurance, the insurance company is going to take whatever claim you have, you use, and you submit. They're going to take that. They're going to add on their administrative cost to manage that. They're going to add on their margin, is what it's called, because they can't exactly predict how many claims you're going to have. So they have a margin for error, and then they're going to throw their profit on top. So if you take, a lot of people will say, I just want the lowest deductibles, the lowest out-of-pocket costs, uh, so I don't have to think when I go in. I, I know it's all covered, or as, as much I get as much covered as I can. If you're not going to be incurring claims, premium that you pay per month to have access to that health insurance is guaranteed spend. You spend it regardless you have a claim. Claims are only spent when you have an occurrence. So if you don't think you're gonna have any occurrences, you should not let high deductibles and everything scare you. They're probably the best thing. What you need is catastrophic insurance, back to the 26-year-old male. What you're worried about is a motorcycle accident. You're on vacation, you dive off a boat or something. You have an accident. That's where you're more. Your yeah, there's twenty-six year old things that you do. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and we all did them, and you know, and we've survived. And <laughs> thank God. But yeah, that, that's when you're going to have an issue. So don't overpay for for something. Conversely, if you know you're going to have a lot of claims, you look at your your health profile again, what you had last year to the family, so on and so forth, and you say, I know it. I'm going to have twenty thousand dollars of claims. Then a high deductible plan may not be bad either. Because you may get to, so insurance, health insurance plans will either have deductibles, they have amounts of money you have to pay before the plan pays. 
And then at some point, after you've spent X amount, of, used X amount of money, the, pan, the plan will go to 100% pay. So the plan will, health insurance plan will begin to pay all expenses at 100%. So you want to sit back and say, well, if I've got a lot of claims I know I'm going to have, I'm going to go through quickly through all the money I have to pay the insurance company, and I'll be very quickly into the portion that they pay 100%. So therefore, on the fixed part, the premium that I have to pay on a monthly basis I want to get that as low as possible. So maybe even with a lot of claims, I want to take a high deductible plan. One caveat is you might have cash flow issues meeting those deductibles and out-of-pockets. So you have to factor that in. But you shouldn't just automatically go, if you have a lot of claims, and say, I want to have the lowest deductible, lowest out-of-pocket. That's not necessarily the smartest thing financially for you. Uh, and I, I always say this in, in my... My better three quarters um, always advises me not to say this, and I, I break the rule all the time. It's about the math. After you've determined who you are and you sit down and you're picking a, a health insurance plan, do the math. Apply what you think you're going to have to that program and get the whole picture. How much of the deductibles out of pocket you'll have to pay, how much of the monthly premium, net it all out, and what's the best program for you. Don't just pick it on emotion. And most people do, because most people, it is painful. It's, it's let me go in order. It's boring. And most, so therefore, you don't want to do it. And it's painful when you look at the prices. So you want to get out of it as, as quickly as possible. It happens once a year. People will spend days at most making this decision. It could be one of the more impactful things in their lives. Spend the time, set your objectives, know what your issues are, do the math, and you'll pick a plan that's appropriate. And, and Scott, a lot of people pick a plan based on feeling like they need the top tier coverage, even though they, they in all likelihood, don't need it. Some people do, right? They, but sometimes it's an emotional decision. I think you're right. I think another thing that can, that can feel emotional or, or awkward sometimes is, is a discussion with your doctor. So I, I want to ask you quickly, I, I want to talk more about insurance in a second, but I want to ask you also about what the conversation with a physician looks like, because isn't that a huge part of helping lower our overall healthcare costs, having good conversations with our doctors when we're having an issue? It's essential. Not about only lowering the costs. Because when I look at the components, there's two components. There's outcomes and there's cost. Okay, so you can go and get low cost. And if you have bad outcomes, your, your cost in the long run will be more because you'll go back and back and back to get things fixed. So it's imperative to look at the two components simultaneously. And, and use that as factors. So in talking to your doctor, it's critical to talk to your doctor. Most people just go into the doctor and say, imagine this, you take your car in to a mechanic, you take it in and say, you know, the engine just doesn't sound good. I'm gonna drop it off, I'll be back tomorrow. And that's all you tell them. They're gonna run every diagnostic test. They're gonna, they'll have nowhere to start. Probably won't find anything because you didn't help them at all. And you'll incur yeah, the cost. the cost is going to skyrocket because of that too. Right. And so you're going to waste money and waste time. And when you drive, here's the best part of it. And when you drive the car away, that engine knocking or whatever you heard is going to be there. It will, will not have gone away and you'll be frustrated. A physician is no different. They can't diagnose you without inform good information from you. And if you give them good information, their use of diagnostic testing will be more accurate. And you'll end up saving time, get a better diagnosis, and 
course of action. And as a result, you could, you'll save money. Now, that's, that's the one side of the, of the quality side, the outcome side. The other side is once you get this diagnosis and course of action, it's also incumbent upon you to sit with your physician. And what I recommend these days is because, uh, I'm going to sidebar for a second, a lot of the health plans now have large deductibles, large out-of-pockets. We as consumers are paying more and more of our health care out of our pocket. So if you're back buying items we were talking about on your own, you, if it's your money, you, you're pretty careful with that. We've gotten into this culture with medicine that we just say, okay, oh, insurance will cover it. Okay, it has to happen that way. You've now had a good dialogue with your doctor. You should have a good relationship, good take. If you're respectful of their time and you're organized, you have it written out when you go in and you, you have your objective set, you respect their time, they can, they can be very effective with you. You then say, doc, I'm paying for this. Is this the most cost-effective way to do this? Are there alternative treatments? Are there alternative drugs? What other things I, could I be doing? I would suggest most of them will be helpful with you. Some will say, I don't deal with the money. My billing administrator does. And what you have to do is each situation is a little bit differently, but you need to ask. I, I spent time in sales. And I, one thing I learned pretty quickly is if you don't ask, you don't achieve anything. And if you ask and get a no, you're no worse off than before you asked. So why not ask? Diplomatically, with respect to the re relationship that you're developing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be sure to ask in a kind way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, Scott, what you're saying here is essentially like we need to be advocates for ourselves. I mean, like, and we do that. It's easy to see how we can do that when it comes to purchases that we make day to day. But yeah, like you said, with healthcare, it's something that we just assume that this is an expense that we have to incur. It's got to be done this way. Oh, this is what the doctor recommended. And, and like you said, I think asking those correct questions, asking the good questions is a way to certainly bring that cost down. Yeah, there's a bigger role we can play in, in this whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Scott, like I had a quick question too about telemedicine, right? Like, so that's exploded recently in right. large part due to COVID. So like in your opinion, like what are the pros of meeting with a doctor remotely? And, you know, are there any cons? Like what are your thoughts on telemedicine? So maybe let's roll it back from before COVID. Uh, the telemedicine industry has been growing for the last four or five years at 20% a year. Wow. And it primarily for, for some really good reasons. We don't have enough clinicians to service everybody in the U.S. We're a little bit understaffed. Long wait times to get into doctors to see them can be, can be issues. Rural situations where people don't, a lot of there's consolidations going on with hospitals, with medical practices, so there's sometimes challenges of getting rural care out in the marketplace. Uh, and then I'll throw in one other point. The average primary care physician is a, spends eight minutes with each patient. Wow. Okay. You can't tell them your name, rank, and serial number in eight minutes. <laughs> uh, so and that's why it's very important to be organized and, and, and writ, have written questions and conditions when you go in to see a doctor. They will very much respect you and why you keep it non-emotional because they really don't want to hear they only got eight minutes and if you spend four of those minutes talking about how distressed you are and and you know the world's not fair and i don't want to be sick get get to the root of it so you've got this dynamic that there's not a lot of time with the doctors there's not uh, enough doctors to handle it you've got rural areas with everything 
why don't we triage some of the first level issues with a doctor? And if can we do them virtually? Can we do them over the phone for basic uh, flu, uh, skin rashes, low-grade fevers, earaches, sore throats? Can we do that over the phone? Can we? And I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself now. Uh, this predated me, but I knew about Doctor Welby, Marcus Welby, house visits. And can we get a house visit again where we don't go in to see the doctor? And now let's segue that up to COVID. You go to a doctor's office or a hospital, who's there? People are sick. So you have a chance of getting sicker right? in that environment. If you can do that from home, you can save time. You can potentially not be in that environment until you absolutely have to. So now you can call the doc up and you can get a prescription over the phone for some basic level stuff. And what I see happening with the system is we take that first level of care that could potentially be clogging the system and we do it so much more efficiently and more convenient for the consumer and quicker and with less health exposure, which ties perfectly into COVID. It's awesome social distancing. And that's why they the country did that with all of the primary care physician doctors. They had them all go remote so they wouldn't spread it anymore. It just makes a heck of a lot of sense. And it will be done. Here's, here's general costs. A general cost for a PCP, primary care physician, for a basic visit, a buck twenty, $120. When you go to your insurance company, they'll negotiate a deal with that primary care physician. They'll get it down to $80.75. Well, the virtual telemedicine visits can be down to 40 I like that. Half the cost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Half the cost, more convenient, and you get it. And then here's the, the, the cherry on top of it. And mo most of this resonates enormously with a young mother who's got the child who at 2 a.m. wakes up with an earache screaming, a two-year-old. And I had somebody that was uh, helping me write for our company, and she had that issue, and she just hated insurance companies. She ends up going to the ER room at 2 a.m., waits two hours in the ER room, spends a grand, and they give them amoxicillin. Each. And they give them a, a prescription Tylenol. And the two-year-old's fine. And she just you know, hated everything. I said, well, you know, you may even have in your insurance policy a telemedicine program where you could have dialed that up. That doc will call the pharmacy, and you could drive, and within an hour, have it all done and have your two-year-old on the medication. And saved $40 spent, maybe, versus $1,000. So there's a whole host of reasons why it's good, and I don't think we're going to go back. And I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think you're right. I think telemedicine is here to stay. And Scott, we've got some more questions we want to get to. In particular, we want to talk more about insurance, how to find the right health insurance plan, how to get the right health coverage for, uh, for ourselves, and, and kind of what are the things we need to consider. We'll get to some of those questions right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. 
That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Joe, we're here talking with Scott Heiser about cutting healthcare costs. Uh, and, you know, Scott, before the break, you're talking about customizing your care, how essentially that's how we need to consider. The, the health coverage that we pursue, you know, the health insurance specifically that we pursue. And so how should folks without work-based uh, health insurance think about shopping for health insurance? You know, uh, looking at the different plans on the healthcare exchange, how can they get the best coverage for the least amount of money while at the same time taking into account, you know, the, the specific needs uh, that would fit them? So the, the first part of that is ACA, aka Obamacare, put into place, and this is one of the better features of, of ACA, the exchanges, and there's the federal exchange called healthcare.gov. And then there's 
a number of states, I believe it's 13 states that run their own. So you have to go to them to get their specific programs. But there'll be calculators that give you a range of programs. They'll ask you questions of what your needs are. They'll, they'll pro probe you into your objectives of what you might spend, how many, how many visits you go to a doctor, so on and so forth. That'll help direct you where you want to go. And they'll show you those options. You don't have to worry about pre-existing conditions. That's gone with Obamacare, which is, that's, that's probably the best thing that Obamacare did. So healthcare.gov offers that to you, whereas it's improved dramatically from its launch. It's still probably not the best. There's other programs out there. Uh, there's one that we recommend that's through our site. Uh, and there's others that you can talk to, a, and this is rare these days, and I'm always thrilled. And of course, I'm a different generation, but you can talk to a human. And ask questions along with working through the grid of, of the options you presented. You can chat. Helpful. You can chat room with them about it, and they'll not only help you when you've made your selection, but if you have questions throughout the year. And they're not insurance brokers or agents. It's a company that only does enrollment for healthcare.gov or ACA plans. They did approximately eighteen percent of all the enrollments in the previous year. So that's what I would advise you, whether you do the one I'm, I'm talking about, healthcare.gov or, in, or not, is you find somebody that will provide you the assistance, uh, not just a technical assistance that you can ask questions and understand. And that website you're talking about, is that healthchirpa.com? Right. And you, you can access that through our site on uncoveredhc.com. Okay. Yeah. They seem to do a really good job of helping people compare the cost, comparing the plans, because that's what we're talking about. Like, we need to be informed consumers and we need to know... What's the maximum out-of-pocket cost for us that year? What's the likelihood that we're going to, to reach that limit? Yeah. We need to know all those kind of things as we're going into making the best decision about the plan that works uh, best for us that's going to give us the maximum coverage for the least amount of cost. So so on that note, Scott, what's your take on faith-based health sharing plans? Who do those work well for? Because I know sometimes looking at the premiums, shopping on healthcare.gov or looking at those plans through Health Sherpa, you're a little freaked out and you're not sure that you can afford the monthly premium. So, so yeah, what's your take on the faith-based health sharing plans that, you know, at least on the surface, they look like they could save you a lot of money, at least on, you know, a monthly premium schedule. Yeah. And I'll say part of why Joel's asking that is actually <laughs> like, I'm signed up for one of those. Yeah. Scott. Yeah. Our family, we signed up for one of those, like maybe gosh, three or four years ago. We've actually been with, been with them since. And for us, at least it, it seems to have worked out, but yeah, we're definitely curious to hear your thoughts here. It is an individual decision. The concept of the faith-based programs is insurance 101. We're all going to get together. We're all going to have a set of core beliefs and a program, how it'll be administered. And we're all going to share. We're all going to share in the costs that come in. And then we're also going to require you to be as consumer-oriented as possible and ensure that you get the best deal every time you go out and incur healthcare costs. So I absolutely have no problems with those. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. And it does reduce costs dramatically. So that's the pro side. The caution side says that aligned thinking is if it's religion. And the religions out there, there's programs for Judaism, Christianity, Islam. Uh, and there may be more. It's not just, Christ, sometimes they're called Christian programs. They have them for, for each of those three major religions. They'll have lifestyle tenants that you have to adhere to, and they may not cover claims that are outside those lifestyle tenants. For example, some don't uh, cover birth control. So you just you have to know that. Mm -hmm. The second one is they'll have a, a, a basic level of coverage that no questions asked you get. 
And then after that, if you have something of a more serious nature, they'll have what they call prayer requests. And each one asks a little bit differently. And I don't know if that's the program you have is like that. And then you submit that claim to the group members that all have adhered to the tenets of the program and people make donations to meet your needs. Hmm. They'll all claim, and, and I don't dispute their claims, that they meet all their prayer requests. That's something you just need to be aware of. So if you had a chronic, serious health issue that you're spending significant dollars, I might pause and really, really look at it. Yeah. yeah. Now, before you get the in, same thing. <laughs> there's one other thing too. They, because they're not ACA compliant programs, but because they have a religious affiliation, they didn't have to comply with ACA. And one of the major tenets of ACA was no pre-existing conditions. So if you've got diabetes, for the first year, they may not cover any diabetic claims. So someone, and I'm assuming you, your family's healthy and everything else, they, they're phenomenal. I have a, a good friend of mine who couldn't afford the coverage and hadn't been, co hadn't been covered for years. And he went from $1,500 to 300 bucks for a family coverage. He's had no problems. Mm -hmm. uh, so you just have to be informed. So again, going back to the whole premise of the book, you have to be a consumer, do your homework and understand it. And there's options that you, yep. that you can, you can get. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you on all of that. <laughs> there's some, some of those, uh, the, the, you know, sharing programs, they are a little more person to person where, you know, where your funding actually comes from another individual, Yes. which for us, that actually turned us off a little bit. It felt a little too, a little too hippie, <laughs> <laughs> a little too granola for, you know, these medical payments to be on a check that's coming from, you know, Bob in Iowa kind of thing. But yeah, like you said, though, one of the things that I do like about it is it, it really does force you to, to shop around. It forces yes. you to, to be healthy. They incentivize healthy behavior, which you can apply for to get discounts. Those are the, the aspects of it that I, that I like. That's what all the programs should be doing. Mm -hmm. We should be at, instead of going and saying, oh, I have insurance. I don't care how many tests you do. I want to understand. Is it meeting with the, the profile of the, the diagnosis I need? And can I get the best cost? Let's, let me segue quickly on that. MRIs. This is low hanging fruit. It's easy. Everybody hears about it. But an MRI. So under your program, you're, you're obligated to go get the best price. I personally had an MRI, I herniated a disc. MRI in my local town, $2,500. Ooh. I got on and shopped, found it for 400 and I drove two hours and saved $2,100. Wow. Think about it this way. If everybody did that where you could, you can't do that all the time if you've got an emergency situation or, you know, stage four cancer. Right. right. Yeah. You're bleeding out of your side. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really hard to shop right then in that moment on your smartphone. Let me just pull out my phone. Yeah. The old Monty Python, if your arm's been cut off and the blood's right. spurting out, yeah, you, exactly. you, you go with it, whatever you I'm got. I'm not dead yet. Yeah, exactly. But if we're all doing that, that helps all of us. Doesn't just help each one of us. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Covey, Stephen Covey. Yeah. It's going to the, the uh, circle of influence versus the sphere. And everybody wants to talk about the sphere, the big orb out there and, and all the things. What's the, what's the kind of health plan should we have? What should the country be doing? All this stuff. We're not going to change that. What we can change is getting the best cost and, and not overpaying. And that trickles up. And yeah, if we there are all a lot of decisions that, that we can make as individuals. And that 
has a massive impact on maybe not the whole system, but at least on our individual medical bills and what those look like. And, and Scott, we've got a couple more questions we want to get to specifically about medical bills, pharmacy costs, those kind of things that the particular costs that we incur on a regular basis. So we'll get to some of those questions right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. 
and you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back from the break. We're talking with Scott Heiser about cutting healthcare costs, and there's crucial knowledge that we need to have in order to be able to do that in our lives. We're going to get to some specific bills, like how we counteract medical bills, medical bill shock in our lives. We're going to ask some questions about that of you, Scott, in just a second. But I wanted to ask you, there are more unemployed people now since COVID hit. I mean, the, the unemployment numbers have been dramatic. So with those folks, do they have the ability to get a reduced cost on the Obamacare healthcare exchange when they're shopping for a plan because their income has been, in, for many people, just so dramatically reduced? Can they get a, a better deal essentially on, on their monthly premiums? Great question, and I apologize for not hitting that in the last segment. You got three things if you were employed and you don't have a job. You're going to get COBRA. If you work to an employer over 20 employees, your employer has to offer COBRA. You'll look at that. It's going to be expensive, but you may want to take that. You'll look at that. You get it for 18 months. Second one, you can go into healthcare.gov. And the great thing about this is it'll ask what your estimated earnings are for 2020. Not what you earned last year but what you think you would could make. And I'll give you an example. And, and then you may be eligible for subsidies. So I did a quick check on that in, in Michigan. Did a did a uh, average earnings in the US 63,000. If you miss four months out of the COVID, you might be down to 42,000. Family of four, 39 year olds, two kids. There was a program offered without subsidies was $1,300. With subsidies, $166. Oh man. So it is Whoa. out there. So third, third step, <laughs> third step is That's if you're option. totally destitute, there's Medicaid and Medicaid does the same thing. It works on your estimated income for this year. Now, the, the last caveat on it is so you estimate you think you're going to be out four months or five months and you do it, and you get these subsidies. If you are only out three months at the end of the year, you'll have to adjust and they may come back on some of the, the uh, subsidies. But man, if you're panicked right now, you don't need to be panicked. So many people are scaring. There's articles in Washington Post and everything just saying people are losing it and they can't go to clinics because they're they're overflowed. What do I? And they don't they don't say what do I do? They're not helping people solve the issues. It's out there. You can use it. Hmm. That's great. That's it's good to know that those are a few options for folks who have been negatively affected. You know where their employment's been negatively affected by this crisis. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Scott, let's kind of dive into maybe some more of these immediate practical takeaways that can help us to spend less on our medical bills. But like when we receive these bills in the mail, like they can be really confusing. And so what should we do when we get a bill for a service in the mail? Like, can we negotiate these bills? Well, we want to negotiate before we get the bill is the best time. And that's where we talked in the last segment about talking to your doctor and under what's the best cost, best uh, cost for the procedures you're recommending me to do. Now you're going to get bills. You've, you've gone through everything and you start getting the bills. And, and I, I'm going to assume here that this is somebody with insurance. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's say it's somebody with insurance. They get the bill in the mail and they're yeah. like, okay. whoa, even after insurance, it's a lot more expensive than I thought it would be. Yeah, they had their procedure last month. They're listening to this now and they know that they're going to get a bill in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Uh, so there, there's, you're probably going to get two bills. 
in the mail. You're going to get billed by the doctor's office because you had a deductible or an out-of-pocket. So they're going to bill you and tell them how much that you owe. And what they don't really know is how much. And so they'll just send you the bill, the whole bill. And it won't be the discounted bill. So what you want to do is wait till you get what's called the explanation of benefits from your insurance company. The insurance company will apply your deductibles to it. They'll apply your discounts. They'll apply only eligible charges. So the doctor put in non-eligible charges. They won't be included. They'll discount them for what the discounts are that they've negotiated with the doctor. They'll apply whatever deductibles you have, and they'll have a net cost that you owe. That's where you want to live, and you don't want to necessarily pay attention to the doctor's bill. You'll never balance those two together. And as long as the doctor's submitting the bills to the insurance company, which they are, you'll stay with the insurance company to do it. The other thing I would suggest, and it's usually more um, when you're coming out of a, a larger procedure, hospital or outpatient surgery or something like that, ask for the hospital bill. Ask for it then. And they'll say, your insurance company covers it. And said, no, I'd like to know. Because inevitably, there'll be overcharges in it. And you should look at it and say, yeah, and you know, here's the other thing, you know better about that than the insurance company does. Because the insurance company is going to, the doctor's going to submit it. And if it looks reasonable, they're going to pay it. They're on diagnostic related charging group charges. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a, a fancy term for they, they look at the whole procedure and, and they pay for a whole procedure. Well, if you know, if you never had any aspirin and there's a there's a fifty dollar aspirin on there. Which isn't outrageous. I mean well, it is outrageous, but I mean like that's <laughs> that's an actual cost that, that does make it to these medical bills, a fifty dollar pill of aspirin. Well, yeah, so let me let me say something about and I, and really I don't wanna the hospitals are having tough, tough times now. Really tough times financially. So let's roll back before this COVID and before Obamacare. There was 40 million that didn't have coverage. Hospitals would have to take care of them when they came in. And it was indigent care. And what they do is they take those charges that they didn't get paid for and they pass them back to everybody who was paying. Then Obamacare comes and it cut the 40 down to about 20 million. So about half came off. And whether they went on Medicaid or they got on insurance and paid. And so the hospitals are now making that money, but they didn't reduce their costs. So you really do need to look and, and ask questions because it won't necessarily get passed on. So you, you want to do that. The other thing, cash is king. Ca- it's like, do the math. Cash is king. If you have the cash, ask them, will they give you a discount? And a discount over your insurance. Because if you've got a $5,000 deductible, even though the insurance is there, they've got to get 5000 bucks from you. If you say, I have to pay cash, will you give me a discount? And again, if they say no, you've lost nothing. If they say, yeah, you pick up 10, 15 points. And yeah. the the ultimate game, you know, it, there's there's hospital bill auditors that, that we give some associations that that uh, provide those uh, type companies. Let's say you get balanced billed, and that's another subject. But if, if the hospital is billing you beyond what the insurance company says you owe it, there's hospital billing companies that you can contact um, that, and then do audits on the bills, and they'll take a percentage of the savings they get and to knock down bills. Well, that's that, that brings up another point, Scott. There, there's if somebody even after going through line by line their itemized bill and even going back to the insurance company and saying hey this this wasn't valid i didn't i didn't have aspirin and they charged me fifty dollars for an aspirin whatever it is even after trying to negotiate that bill down how can an individual if they can't afford the bill what other options are there available for them because medical debt is obviously just a huge problem plaguing our country Right. So there's a couple things we have in the section is, is you look at the charity. Hospital have, depending on your income, will have a charitable policy. And if they're a public hospital, they, they have to provide that. 
So it, you, you want to inquire. Is there money available from the hospital to help pay for these things? Uh, you also want to look at disease associations, cancer, diabetes, kidney, so on and so forth. Sometimes they can help pay uh, for, for premiums or, or claims. Um, so that's another avenue to look at. There's obviously uh, GoFundMe. I've paid into a number of those for people with, with hmm. uh, claims they can't, they can't meet. And yeah, so, I see more and more of those popping up. Yeah, and yeah, so that actually goes back to your your um, religious based insurance. I, I I don't really see anything wrong with that. If if we're looking at it, and that's how we can do it, it's not maybe the best way system wise. But again, we're talking about solving problems today with what we're faced. Right. And and if we can do that, and we all pitch in together and help people out, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Uh, the, the other thing is, so if you, what you're hitting with financially, it, it, financial stress. Is, is enormous on healthcare situations. When people have serious healthcare situations, they have lose seventy one percent of their cognitive reasoning. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you don't you don't want that happening when you're in a healthcare situation. And if you put a financial stress on top of that, it'll exacerbate it. So and you're going to be stressed in a healthcare situation. So what you also want to do is look for an advocate. And an advocate may be someone with from your own insurance company. They'll have concierge services that'll help you through things. Uh, and they can they can try to help you talk about finances. They won't be great with that. Uh, if you have a spiritual leader or religious organization you're affiliated with, uh, ask them if they have help or people can help you in the organizations. Ask friends and peers to be advocates for you. And they can help you get a clearer mind and make sure the right questions are asked about your health and about, about your finances. But getting an advocate is, is critical. There's also yeah. companies out there that provide advocacy. Some through the employers offer that. Um, and uh, some some do that directly uh, that you can pay for the advocacy on a monthly basis. Great thoughts there, Scott. I want to talk about let's you know shopping costs of a procedure before actually scheduling it. Uh, there are certain countries that are becoming known for high level uh, and, and even kind of like these low grade, like low level, low cost healthcare procedures. Uh, I'm thinking about Molar City <laughs> for, for dental work in Mexico. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like, what are your thoughts on medical tourism? So I'm going to do two levels, international medical tourism and then U.S.-based medical tourism. All right. Prior to Obamacare, a lot of people going out because they couldn't, they, you had 40 million Americans with no coverage. I can go to uh, Molar City, get it significantly, significantly less. We have a section of the book and a, and a good, good resource to go there that, that helps you ask all the important questions you should ask about an internationally-based one, safety records uh, with doctors, how they use it, where they're from, all the some some great questions to ask. So you, you want to look at that. That whole program is building the Grand Caymans, the islands, all through the Caribbean stuff. We're starting to put up organizations like that. It can make sense for some base, some dental. Maybe it's moving into knees, some orth orthopedics type things, and it can make some sense. And they can be a lot less expensive. I'd also suggest you can look in your own city, your own state, and across the country, and get significant savings. One example, looked at a, a knee replacement, San Francisco, $68,000, $72,000, Phoenix, $35,000. That's a big savings. Yeah, that big, would be worth the trip. To, <laughs> big, <laughs> big savings. So and you need to shop. I already gave you an MRI example. There are different costs. Doctors in the same city, you take a New York City, doctors in the same city will have dramatically different costs. Yeah. And what's interesting is their outcomes won't be that much different. The key thing here is when you look at, um, you use the transparency tools that are, are starting to bloom. And, and that's the, the key. 
what what happened while none of this happened before is we didn't we weren't paying a lot for health care until Obama well, we were but Obamacare really pushed it over the edge large deductible so we're having to pay now now number two we are all using handheld devices and three the egg's been cracked and there are transparency sites out there that to show you cost and before all the sites all they'd show you was you know, my doctor's office is eight to five. They're very friendly. I like the wallpaper coloring. And I'm being, I'm sorry, I'm being a little cynical, but they, they, <laughs> it, it was, it was more fluff. It's like, like your, how you felt about your experience, What you want to get to go understand the quality and the outcomes is you want price and you want the number of transactions that individual does. Because where I was saying before, cash is king and talking to them. If you want to know if their outcomes are good, volume's king. If you find hmm. docs out there that, that are in the top 95th percentile of, of people doing that procedure, they're doing a ton of them and they're going to be better. So you compare cost and that, and these the websites I just listed do some degrees of those services. And you probably want to look at a couple of them and they won't, their, their data won't match because it's a new arena out there getting this data. But I'd say is check a couple of them and they're going to start giving you ballparks of cost and they're going to start giving you ballparks of, of the person's outcome. And that's going to give you more control and and make you feel better you're going to the right place. Well, Scott, this has been just such a great conversation. I feel like I learned a good bit about shopping for for medical procedures and, and man, just a whole lot of stuff. We dug into a lot today on the show. So thanks so much for joining us. And how can our listeners find out more about you? If you'll go to uncoveredhc.com, it's a continuation of the book because the day I put the last period on the last sentence of the last paragraph, it was out of date. We have blogs. We, we encourage people to come and tell their story, to tell them where they've done, improved on what we said, because we're not the end all. I don't know everything. What I'm trying to do is create an environment that encourages people and shows and gets them started on the journey, that they take it and they run farther than I ever dreamed. And if they'll share those stories with us, that's great. We provide some uh, products and services in there, that, like telemedicine products. We didn't even talk about pharmacy discount cards. Phenomenal. If you don't use one, big savings, even off your health, health plan cost. Mm -hmm. We'll help you do that. Uh, and and uh, we want to help people have better outcomes. So that's nice. where they can find me and, um, and write me there, and I'll be happy to get back with them. Awesome. And yeah, Scott, we'll be sure to link to your site there in our show notes. But yeah, thanks again for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you sharing your, your wealth of knowledge and experience here with our listeners. So thanks again. My, my pleasure. Enjoyed having the wine with you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Scott. Hey, Matt, that was a really great conversation. I feel like Scott brought a lot to the table. There, there's a lot, obviously, that feels opaque when it comes to the healthcare system. And I yeah. feel like Scott brought a little bit of clarity to what we're undertaking as consumers, what our job is. So what was your big takeaway from this conversation? Yeah, man. So my big takeaway has to do with something that I won't be able to take advantage of anytime soon or Hopefully not. Knock on wood. <laughs> but he was talking about when he was talking about the different procedures and how you can go to different states, different cities, uh, and get the same procedure done for significantly less. Man, uh, I was really interested in that. I'm, I'm less prone to like fly to Mexico and then have work done on my body. It makes me think of that scene in Minority Report where he's getting his eye replaced like in that bathtub. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, don't, I totally know what you're Yeah. About. You know, watching that totally freaked me out about going to any other country to have medical work done. But, you know, to hear him even talk about within the U.S. going to different states, shopping it around that way, that is really fascinating and not something I had ever really considered. Hopping on a plane or, or making a trip, you're going to be able to reclaim that cost easily if you're going to save a couple thousand dollars if it's a, a pretty large procedure. So yeah, like I said, knock on wood, uh, I don't have any uh, big procedures pending. But when I do, I'm going to keep that in mind, man. 
So for you, uh, yeah, what was your big takeaway? Well, I'm going to Costa Rica next <laughs> next week for a couple operations. I'm not going to detail them in front of you right now. You, you didn't get some calf implants. Uh, <laughs> How did you know? I didn't. I, did I telegraph that? I understand your vanity. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I totally am up for medical tourism, and at the same time, you might actually be able to go to the beach for a couple of days or something like that in a cool, cool spot. Have a good vacation at the same time, save some big money. Medical tourism is something I think we're going to see more and more of. But I think my big takeaway was to come prepared when you go see your doctor, because like Scott said, there's eight minutes, and those eight minutes, man, the clock's ticking. And to be able to get your point across, to be able to ask informed questions is so crucial inside of that eight minutes. And so if you are going to see your doctor, be prepared to ask the right questions, to ask about costs, to ask about alternate procedures. I thought that was just a really important point. So whether that's a pen and piece of paper, whether that's some some notes, you're going to take it to old school, have like a little pad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or whether that's just like a, a note app on your phone, whatever it is, I would say, yeah, come prepared, have some questions, be informed so that you can not only save yourself some money, but save yourself time too. And potentially headache and stress banging your head against the healthcare system. If you're able to be prepared and have a great conversation with your doctor, that small bit of preparation will save you a whole lot of hassle on the back end. Yeah. And I, I bet as well, you're going to get better care, right? Like if you come into that office and you've got these questions laid out, your doctor is going to kind of perk up. They're going to say, oh, oh, like they know what's going on. They've got, they're, they're prepared. Like it's time to do some work, you know, versus just them kind of coming in there. Maybe it's like an after lunch appointment. So they kind of got the, the afternoon, like lunch coma thing going on. They're kind of sleepy. I mean, that's me at least. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if, if they're on their toes because it's like, oh, I've got a, like a bunch of questions to answer. Well, I, th I think you really will see the, the kind of care that you receive improve. And, and that's what this entire conversation was about was to not only have your cost reduced, but how can we also get the best care possible for that money? So I'm glad you picked one that was very practical right now, uh, like as in the next time you go in to see the doctor. Yeah. And mine's one for maybe, you know, five, 10 years off. <laughs> but uh, let's get to the beer real quick. On this episode, we had Juice Willis IPA, uh, and this is by Wrecking Bar Brew Pub. They've got an entire line of IPAs, and they're all based on Bruce Willis. <laughs> they call them Ju it's the Juice Willis series, and they're typically puns on movies that Bruce Willis has been in. But this one is just straight up Juice Willis. But uh, yeah, man, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I love the, the naming convention. <laughs> craft, craft brewers, so much ingenuity in, in how they come <laughs> up with their names. I love this beer. I, I think the, the folks at Wrecking Bar, it's one of my favorite local places to get a beer. I never get tired of their beers and they've been canning a little bit more lately. And so I picked this one up on location and dude, I really enjoyed this one. To me, it's perfect IPA material. Yep. <laughs> it's got, it's kind of like soft and mellow, but also got a lot of hot punch going on at the same time. It's certainly not overwhelming when it hits your palate, but then my tongue at least did like a double take and it's like, whoa, what's going on? There's like some deeper flavors <laughs> happening that I didn't comprehend upon first, upon first sip. And yeah, so, your tongue has so many thoughts, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> it's got its own brain going on. Uh, I'm with you. This is a solid New England style IPA. I really enjoyed it. Uh, like you said, it wasn't overwhelming, but it did have a little bit of that hot punch. And to me, it kind of translated uh, almost as like this dryness. It reminded me a little bit of like a European Pilsner Ooh. where it kind of has like this kind of funky rubbery note to it, like a fresh can of tennis balls being cracked open or like... Go fresh garden hose you know that you know what i'm talking about like that kind of fresh rubbery smell i do uh, my tongue's got a brain your tongue's got odd it's got a brain too yeah odd descriptors <laughs> all that being said though i think wrecking bar they're making some of the best beers in the city of atlanta so if you're ever in atlanta hit up wrecking bar they're just a few miles from where we live so we frequent there a lot and this definitely won't be the last beer that we have by wrecking bar on the show heck no not unless i die in a freak automobile accident <laughs> 
Which isn't uh, a healthcare coverage. That's a life insurance right, question. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll get to that next time. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks that want more information about Scott and for some of the links to some of the things that we talked about on the show today, just go to our website, howtomoney.com. All right, man. Well, that's going to be it. Until next time, Joel. Best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.